All right. So, you know, what's really on the world's mind, or at least in the United States, in our culture right now? I mean, tis the season, right? The holidays have begun. We've just celebrated Thanksgiving. It's that day where you spend hours in the kitchen cooking tons of food, and you eat it in 15 minutes or less, and you sit in a coma for the rest of the evening before, and that's before dessert gets there. And, and, and hopefully, though hopefully during this time, you, you had a chance to reflect a little bit on, on the year past, that maybe you took some time to be thankful for friends and for family and thankful for the blessings that God has, has given you. And so that's our Thanksgiving. And then immediately following Thanksgiving, we celebrate, maybe celebrate's not the right word, we experience this day called Black Friday. Now, there was some... You go out at what time on Black Friday? You sent your son out on Black Friday. And you slept in. See, that's, a, that's good parenting right there. That's delegation. That, that, that's good. Anybody else hit Black Friday? How'd you do? Yeah? Did anybody buy me anything, like, really cool? So Black Friday wasn't that great this year. No, no, it wasn't. And, and Janice, you went? No? But, but so, so, you know, Black Friday, it's this, it's just got a bad, okay, Thanksgiving, Black Friday, you, you know, and, and so I got to thinking, you know, where do they get the name Black Friday? And most people say, well, you know, it's the retail thing because they're going to sell lots of stuff. They're going to be in the black, but that's not necessarily true. I found some urban legends. 1966, Philadelphia Police Department. The day after Thanksgiving, they've noticed that traffic is coming to a standstill in their city. And they can't figure out why. And then they realize it has to do with a lot of people getting involved in motor vehicle accidents. And then these people are getting out of their cars and they're yelling and screaming at each other. And so they're noticing this and the cops are flying around and traffic is shutting down and accidents everywhere. And then there's these violent acts that are taking place in stores where people are getting a little bit excited, maybe, over shopping. And so they've kind of just took this whole day and they called it, they say they have termed the phrase Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, not because the retailers are going to do great making lots of money, but because, man, there was just violence and car accidents and traffic and all kinds of mean, nasty, ugly things over shopping, shopping for sales. And what is interesting to me is we use this day, Black Friday, as kind of the kickoff for the Christmas season. Well, I think our culture has now termed it the holiday season. I think that's politically correct. Now we have to use holiday season. And I have to scratch my head and think, how did such a, a dark, ugly day get to be the kickoff to such a deeply meaningful time of year, at least, at least for us Jesus followers, at least for people who profess faith in Jesus Christ. I mean, do we really want to use Black Friday as a day to begin to commemorate the coming of Jesus? I know that we would all say no, but we do. I mean, let's, let's just keep it real, right? I mean, and listen, I'm not against a good sale. Sandy and I, we've gone out on Black Friday a few times. Uh, it's it's quite interesting, you know, and, and you see the people and you, you experience the stuff. It's just way too early for me. I don't do early well. I'm a pastor. 
you know, I work one day a week, so getting up in the morning during, you know, it's just, it's just, it doesn't fit with my schedule. But, you know, if, 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 if you look at this season, it's though Christmas, Christmas has moved away from having a, a spiritual focus or a spiritual meaning, and it's gone more towards the materialistic side of things. It's like, instead of having faith, we have retail. And that seems to be the focus. I mean, did you see the commercials on Thanksgiving Day in between the football games? I mean, everything was about 4 a.m., 3 a.m., 5 a.m., 4 a.m., hottest sales, got to get there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. New, people are lined up. On Thanksgiving Day, they left their families to stand in line. And so, and so we have this sense that, that Christmas is moving away from spirituality and coming into a place of just, just being almost about materialistic getting and presents and things like that. And even our traditions, I think, our traditions are becoming even more secular. They just feel more, more secular, less, less spiritual. Like we're losing Christ as the focus for Christmas. And, I, you know, I, I love we Christian people because we love to point fingers at why that is. You know what? It's the government. There's, 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 there's a, there's, they're just against religion and they're against God and they make sure that, that Christmas is losing its focus and it's those people that are taking Christ out of Christmas and it's the people that won't let the manger go up and, and we blame everyone else because Christ is losing his center, the, the centerpiece for Christmas. The people, we blame the people who the gospel is like foolishness to in the first place. We blame them. But maybe, you know, maybe, just maybe, we need to take a look at ourselves. Maybe, maybe it's us, the follower of Christ. Maybe we have allowed Christmas to lose the focus. Maybe it's our fault. Did you ever think of that? Does anybody stop you from reading the story to your children, uh, the Christmas story or the Gospels? Does anybody stop you from speaking words of Christ during this time of year? Does anybody stop you from, from decorating your house maybe with something spiritual instead of something Santa Claus? I'm not against Santa Claus. I love Santa Claus. He treats me well every year. And, and in our house, we also celebrate Hanukkah Claus comes too. Because, you know, and we want to be, be true to the tradition. So, but, but there's nothing stopping us. So maybe we need to look at ourselves and not at everyone else for Christmas losing its focus. But this time of year, it's more about, it really is more about a season than just, just a day. Today begins the Advent season. Today is the first day of Advent, and this this whole chunk of time on our Christian calendar. And the word Advent means coming or arrival. And so we will focus now on celebrating the birth of Jesus, the first Advent. That we look forward to, and we look forward to the second Advent, the second coming of Christ. And so this is more about just remembering an event in history or a single day. This is about celebrating the truth of who God is, celebrating the truth of who Jesus Christ is, that he came to reconcile all of creation back to the Father, back to God. And Advent is about a journey that we we are all taking part in right now 
And as Jesus followers, it's about a journey that one day will, will end when all of creation will be put back together again. One day, the consummation of God's redemptive plan will happen. He puts it all back and makes it all good. A time, this should be a time, a season when, when Jesus followers, we begin to allow the things of this world just to grow strangely dim. And we can focus, we should focus on something different. Something that the world would never focus on. It's a time of expectation. It's a time of anticipation. It's a time of preparation. It's a time to recognize our spiritual longing. It's a time to recognize that things in the world are not right. And there's a brokenness that prevails around the world. That, that, that somehow everything has lost its divine rhythm and creation longs, creation longs to walk again in harmony with its creator. A longing for God, God with us, to finally, once and for all, deliver us. This is a season of hope. And I know that sometimes things feel hopeless, but this is about hope in God. This is about anticipating a king's rule, a rule that will be marked by truth, by justice, and by righteousness, and by integrity. I mean, look at, look at what we have now in the context of rule, in the context of leaders. I am not taking a political side. I am not talking, taking a Republican side or a Democratic side. I am talking about politicians who can't seem to get anything done because they are continually fighting with each other and can't learn the art of compromise. That if it's not my agenda, there's no agenda at all. And that's on both sides of the aisle. Listen, I love this country, okay? But politics, they frustrate me. Politicians frustrates me, frustrate me. This, this whole election that we just went through, I just, it just kind of rubbed me wrong on both sides of the aisle, whether you're a Democrat or Republican. They, they, they both just infuriated me sometimes. When someone, when a candidate has to begin their, their political commercial with, I am not a witch. Something is woefully wrong with our system. Something, something has gone in the wrong direction. And so it seems like sometimes, it seems like I'm, I'm voting for the lesser of two evils. And that, that just might be me, I don't know, but it just seems like there's no more integrity and there's no more righteousness and there's no more truth and there's no more justice. I just got to pick, I just got to pick the one that's not as bad as the other one. And you know what? We're, we're, we live in one, we live in the greatest country in the world. And there's other countries that have it way, way worse than we do. There are countries that human rights or um, uh, people are oppressed just because of tribe just because of the color of their skin. There are governments and leaders of those governments that will do anything to get power and they will do anything to keep power. And human rights are non-existent in some places. And so, man, it doesn't matter if you're a Jesus follower or not. If you're, if you're human, 
if you have a shred of compassion in your heart, and you long, you long for something that's different. You long for something that's, that's safe and good and just. People have been hoping for something since the beginning of time. Look what, look what Isaiah says about it. Ta-da! Got to go back one. There you go. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness, the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together. And a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together and the lion will eat straw like the ox. Infants will play near the hole of the cobra. Young children will put their hands into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on my holy mountain for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him and his resting place will be glorious. This is the writings of the prophet Isaiah speaking about something that's in the future, a king, a ruler that will do things differently. The weak and the poor will finally be heard. This is, this is an amazing expression of, of the sovereign grace of a just and faithful God. A time when our ruler, our leader will be responsible and not lead from a place of privilege. And people, people will actually be the focus. A leader that will lead by serving. And, and not to serve from a place of weakness, but serving from a place of strength because the, our leader will not have to dominate or crush anyone. And it says the root of Jesse. And Isaiah is telling us something very interesting here because what he is saying is this royal family line is not going to be man-made, but it's going to come from the promise of God who will create royalty from a peasant family. And the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. In the Old Testament days, people began to understand that, guess what? The human spirit cannot fix or correct itself, that it needed something different. And to say that the spirit of the Lord was on anyone meant that that person lived not just from a human perspective, but from a divine perspective, that the very breath of God was upon them and their life centered, to, centered around pleasing him. So when the spirit of the Lord was upon someone, the Hebrew tradition said, if, it, if the Spirit was, was perfectly and purely on one person, that person, that person would be the Savior of the world. Look what Jesus would say. 
The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The Spirit of the Lord is resting upon Jesus purely and perfectly, and he is the Savior of the world, and he will not judge by what he sees or make decisions by what he hears. You know what? People, that's all we got. All we got is our sight and what we hear. And yes, maybe we can discern, but we discern from a human perspective, and it's imperfect, and we make poor choices and we make bad choices, but not for this coming king. This king will judge from a deeper place. It's like he will see into the very heart of people. And this is a a reign of of faithfulness and righteousness and sovereignty. The Messiah or this king will get to the heart of every matter. Righteousness will be his belt, faithfulness his sash. He will do the right thing in all situations, in all circumstances, and he will keep his promises. He is dependable. He is true. And we just looked at that a few weeks ago out of the Gospel of John. Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the, I'm the life. I'm the way. All of those things. But these are characteristics that the Hebrews would ascribe to God. These are divine characteristics. And Isaiah is now combining the divine with the human presence. He is pointing right to the Messiah. And that Messiah is Jesus Christ. And then he will say that the wolf will lie down with the lamb and the calf with the lion and the yearling together and the cow will feed with the bear. During the rule of this king, fear that finds itself in insecurity and in danger and in evil is gone. Both for the individual and for us as a society for us as a culture, for us as a world. We see this imagery that, that somehow the strong will become dependent upon the weak because, see, strength and power will be redefined and it will no longer be used to crush the weak. This is something that is completely different from what we're used to today, something completely different from the world's standard of ruling. This is what we hope for. This is what the book of Revelations talks about in the last chapters. When heaven crashes into earth and everything changes, the present reality will change. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. The old order of things will pass away and the new order will come. Jesus Christ himself is making everything new. And this is what we hope for once and for all he will answer all of our prayer and so we celebrate the birth of a savior we celebrate christmas morning we celebrate that first christmas could you imagine could you imagine all of heaven is hushed as Mary has her first labor pain. And the angels are, they're just, they're standing and waiting. And all of a sudden, God is born as a human into the world. The plan has been put into action. The plan that the angels must have heard about forever. 
is finally taking place. And we celebrate that day. But now we hope, we hope in the second advent, the coming of our king. In the first century, people people hoped that the Messiah would have been a military man, that he would have freed the people from Roman oppression, just like Moses freed the people from Egypt, that they would have a better life once and for all, that things would be easy for them. And when it didn't happen, many people were disappointed. But you see, that is, that's a misplaced, misplaced hope. We cannot put our hope in circumstances, in the things around us. We can't put it in our jobs, in our family, in education, in money. We can't hope in our leaders. We can't hope in our president or even our vice presidents. We can't follow them around Nantucket hoping to get a picture of them like it's going to be like, oh, which we made a cool Facebook picture. But anyway, I digress. So, I mean, we can't put our hope in those things. And I know, and I know it's, it's part of our, our humanness to just, we want something better. We want life to be better. And I understand that. But if that's what we continually put our faith and our trust in, circumstances, and those circumstances are going to make our life better, then we are going to be disappointed all of the time. We will always be disappointed. We have to anchor hope in God and God alone. We have to anchor our hope in the possibilities that our human existence presents beyond this reality. Possibilities beyond our present experience that our lives, what we're living now, will not be limited in this way forever. Because one day this king will come and rule. You know, because what's, I mean, think about, just let's think about the follower of Jesus for a minute. What's, What's our present reality? What's our present situation? What are our circumstances? Well, you know what? Christians get sick and we die. And you know what? We die in car accidents. We die in violent crimes. It's part of the human experience. In fact, some people who follow Jesus are killed because they follow Jesus. We experience the human experience like everyone else, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And if our hope is placed in external things and our circumstances, we are going to be disappointed every time. We have to hope that one day God will bring everything to a reality that we cannot even imagine And it's there in that reality that those who follow Jesus, that put their faith in him, it is there in that reality that we will live forever. And we won't even need the light of the sun because our God and the Lamb will be our light. This is all anchored in the second coming of Jesus. This is all anchored in him establishing his rule. And so during Advent, we groan with all of creation for the newness that hope would bring. 
that God once again would hear us and deliver us, that God once again would know what is in our hearts and that we long for something better and he would bring his redemptive plan to completion. And so, yes, we celebrate the birth of a baby, but we hope for him coming as our king. And, you know, people, people who don't lose trust in God and, and are just, just go through just terrible times of suffering and adversity, people who continue to hope, they seem to just have this, this better understanding, this deeper understanding of who God is and what life is about than, than some of us who haven't gone through those, those difficult times. And one writer, he would write this about, uh, I have this quote, and I'm sorry, I don't know his name, but maybe that is what hope is about, a way to live, not just to survive, but to live authentically amidst the problems of life with a faith that continues to see possibility when there is no present evidence of it, just because God is God. Hope is the wonder of Advent. And that's why it's the first Sunday in Advent. It's the first thing that we talk about. It's the first thing that we celebrate. That there's something more. And we, we may never see it in our lifetime, but the promise is we will experience it for eternity, those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So we hope. And we wait. So this morning, we're going to do things different this year. We're going to begin by lighting the Advent wreath every Sunday and doing some reading, and, and maybe we'll end today with singing a song. So I'm going to ask Tim and Kaylee to come forward, and they're going to light it. And, and as they come forward, would you please stand as, as they, they light the candle, and then we'll, we'll sing.